Welcome back, you guys. We're here again for another episode of Parks and Recollection. This is for Parks and Recollection? It is for Parks and oh, Recollection. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. It's not I'm the here Office for the podi- Girls. Oh. Yeah, it's not the Office Girls. This is Parks and Recollection. I thought I was here for a podiatry appointment. <laughs> anyway, I'm Jim O'Hare. Uh, I yeah. played the guy who was Jerry, Gergich, and Gary, and Larry, and Terry, and even Barry from Johnny Karate. And sitting next to me is... I'm Greg Levine. I played Greg Levine <laughs> for a few seasons. I played a guy named Pierre. Yes. So we've talked about that. But I'm so excited to be here with you again, Jim. Oh, my gosh. Another great episode. Another great time of our lives at Parks and Rec. Another great episode. Uh, before we get into it, I quickly want to say that I recently got to have lunch with the amazing Morgan Tackett, who was our line producer oh, yeah, at Parks cool. and Rec. Whoa, he knows it all. He was there for it all, the good, the ugly, the, all the good stuff. And, um, you know, it was, again, about the book. You know, I was talking to him about the book and everything. He gave me some great stories. But here's my favorite thing that has nothing to do with Parks other than the relationships that happened. He was heading off the next day to go to London with his family for a vacation where he was going to meet Nick Offerman because they were going to see a Cubs game against St. Louis in London. Obviously, if you're going to go see a St. Louis Chicago game, yes, you, you should go, go to, to you London. Should go to that, London, yes. obviously, and you should go there to see Nick Offerman. The, yes, and I just love that relationships from that show have still continued. Um, you know, Nick still shoots uh, the promos for uh, Lagavulin, yes. and so they do those in Scotland. And I think there's another one coming up, and they bring the same crew from Parks that did it from the first time. It's really, just just lovely. Yeah. Just, Anyway, it was a nice trip down memory lane with uh, Morgan. It was great Morgan's to see. Morgan's incredible. You know, uh, the job of a line producer, Morgan's executive producer of the show, it, you know, you make sure that things happen. They make sure they happen well. Um, and when things go bad, which happens, you fix them. Right. It's and, your job to do that. He's a, he's like the, the consigliere of the show, right? Yes. He's, and he's an amazing guy, really down to earth. Very lucky. And he's gone on to do most things that Amy has done. And he's, everybody keeps trying to work together in our hey, world. Good, uh, um, good place. And now he doesn't line produce anymore. He's a full-time just executive producer. Yeah. He's got his own production company that does documentaries. I mean, he's just, he's amazing. And um, he started on Seinfeld. Yes, right. Which I love. That's so funny you say that. I, I'm a huge fan of Seinfeld. I've watched Many oh, Seinfeld episodes. Many, many times. many times each episode. That yeah. kind of thing where like you could see a still image from the episode and you know every storyline yep. kind of like. That's all you need. And I'll still watch them on TV and I'll get to the credits and it's so funny to see like post-production assistant or Morgan <laughs> Morgan Sackett. Sackett. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was great. I just want to shout out Morgan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll get him on here. Uh, well, today we're talking uh, about season four, episode 15. Um, it is called Dave Returns. It was written by Harris Whittles. Harris Whittles. What a guy. Uh, directed by Robert Weedy. Um, and it was originally airing on February 16th, 2012. And before we get into the episode, Jim, we should talk about the fact that the Dave of Dave Returns, 
know, Alan Yang spoke about this in a previous episode of Parks and Recollection when uh, this actor and comedian showed up on our show and uh, on Parks and Rec. But, you know, we're doing a Parks and Recreation podcast. Dave is in the A story. He's in the title. So I think we should just talk about the character. Of course. It's still a great episode. Still a great episode. Um, and let's just leave it at that. I'm on board. Okay, great. Thank you. So uh, on that note, can you give us a blurb? It's a quick blurb, but I think it puts it all out there. Leslie and Ben run into Leslie's ex-boyfriend, Dave, while meeting with the chief of police. And Andy searches for a song to represent Leslie's campaign. I actually think that's, that is a perfect blurb. It, it, it's it's just succinct. a little, you know, it's a little blurb. And you're like, you want to you know more? Well, read the synopsis then. Uh, I know we're going to get into every bit of this episode, but Andy searches for a song to represent Leslie, Leslie's campaign. So... You know, we as a cast got to go into a sound recording studio yeah. to do this episode. And for Jim O'Hare, it was very much a dream come true because Jim O'Hare wishes he could sing. He cannot. He can carry a tune at best. At best, I can carry a tune, but I'm not a singer. And here we were in a full-blown production studio. I've been in many sound booths because I, you know, I've done voice work sure. and I've done... ADR, which is when you're you know, correcting voice stuff for things you've already shot and you go in and, and do it. So I'm not unfamiliar to the booth, but to go in and sing a song was unbelievable. And then the way it just, the way it was set up, I shared a mic with Rashida. So you're like, well, okay. One of the actors, well, yes and no. Her father is Quincy Jones. Right. So Rashida was around for We Are the World, yes. which I have seen that video 100,000 times. So like, funny. I watched that video twice yesterday. Just yesterday. It's so it's good. So good. And so like into like, wow, this is what went on there. And, and they're there this, and they're yes, there. And, and oh my, my God. goodness. And, and listen, they off the cuff, they can just hit those notes. And like, yeah, yeah. I could watch it. You know what? Actually shut this down right now. No, let's just, people let's listen. Just watch they're it. listening yes. to us. Oh, that's right. I have to keep going. No, but I loved it. And so Rashida was there for that. And she's, so I don't know. The whole thing for me yeah. was very exciting. Yes, because it wasn't it wasn't me doing voice work or ADR work. It was me singing a song in a booth. Of course, I'm one of the group of us. But anyway, this so this episode is uh, uh, it's special for me. And I, I imagine you can actually carry it to quite yeah, well. Too. I think you're being it quite depends, humble. It depends. Like no, it depends. Uh, but, Have you but, ever had the opportunity to like sing the national anthem at a? Oh, I, would, I would never do it to them. I would never do it to. The, out I would never pitch. do it to the song. Oh, I throw out the first pitch all the time. Right. I, that's all just an time. embarrassing quick moment. Right, I'm right. doing one next week in Chicago. Oh, anyway, um, no, but singing and and I grew up with a father. This is off topic. Who had the worst singing? Uh, the greatest man, but the worst singing voice. But at church on Sunday, we were Catholic family. We went to church every Sunday noon mass in Calumet City, Illinois. Mm -hmm. And my dad's belief was in church, you are allowed to let it go because you're singing hymns and yeah. it's godly. It's the whole thing. And the looks that we would get yes. every week because he was awful. And so I don't want those looks. And I think there's probably some psychological stuff in my head about that. Mm. And yet when I look back, good for him. I know. That's Good the for truth. Him. Yes. You shouldn't hold yourself back just because right. you can't match the caliber of others. And he couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't. <laughs> he was awful. <laughs> the O'Hares are not, you know, my, my my one sister kind of sings okay. But, I mean, none of us are, are, are singers. Yeah. And anyway, so, but to be in a booth 
And to like, even though it was all fake, no one's going to single out my voice. It felt really cool. And again, with Rashida next yeah, to me, yeah. whose heritage is of a father who's I mean, prolific, yeah. Prolific, the yeah. king, um, whatever yeah. you want to call him. Anyway, so a special, special episode that's, for Jim. That's great to know. We yes. should talk about that when we get to yes, Rob Lowe and yes. Chris Traeger singing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. So brilliant. before then, our notes notes for today's episode. This episode features an appearance from our friend, former host of this very podcast, Alan Yang. Alan Yang! Uh, and marks the return of Alan's character, Mouse Rat Band member Chang. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. Chang. And the rest of Mouse Rat shows up. And, and Burley was there. And Burley. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Berlinson. Berlinson. Was Burley. Yeah, he's Burley. And the show's real-life songwriter and composer, Mark Rivers, playing Mouse Rat drummer, Mark. Yeah. The band's back together for Leslie's song. It's great. Because this is, this is Andy's thing he can do. This is what he can make good for Leslie. Right. This is how he can help the campaign. And it brings a lot of stress for him. It brings a lot of stress. He's already destroyed a thousand hot dogs <laughs> that uh, he was, he had been given one job. Yeah, that's right. And he falls and all yeah. the hot dogs are garbage. Yeah, that, that, that joke, I've forgotten about, that. you know, you watch these things years after making them, you forget certain things and... That's one of those jokes. You're like, God, that's so stupid it's and so funny. Stupid like, and funny. I dropped uh, no, because I dropped all of them. And it could only work with, pr- with, with Andy because you, you can picture Andy yes. Dwyer dropping a thousand. Hot dogs. I guess you could almost say Jerry could have pulled that off. Like if you're going to give another character, sure. That, I guess yeah, you could say yeah. Jerry, but definitely this is an Andy yeah, thing. Yeah. So he's now so excited yeah. that he's going to pull this off for Leslie, and his excitement is lovely. Well, we're talking about the episode. Let's just jump right into yep. it then with our synopsis. Pawnee Police Chief Hugh Trumpel, one of the great Parks and Rec names, Hugh Trumpel is retiring and Leslie Nope hopes to win his endorsement before Bobby Newport does. Leslie and Ben run into Dave Sanderson, who is visiting from San Diego to attend Trumpel's retirement party. Leslie invites him to dinner with her and Ben, much to Ben's dismay. Now, meanwhile, as we talked about, Andy has written a campaign theme song, and invites his band, Mouse Rat, and the Parks Department to sing it. You know, one of those great collaborations. <laughs> a real band and the, <laughs> the public servants of the Parks and Rec exactly. Department. And, and when you watch the scene, all of us are like, okay. Like, yeah, there's, there's no like, yeah. oh, God, well, I don't know how to do yeah, that. That yeah. doesn't seem right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, well, it's season four of a show. that yes. ha- Those are storylines that happen, and it's great. And you know, as we learn later in different episodes, Retta, has the pipes in real life. Fred is an amazing singer. Yeah, is an Retta opera has a singer. beautiful voice, and she does. You can look it up, but she does a great bit about being in the car singing opera when someone pulls up next to her. Anyway, look it up. Yes. It's her story to tell, but it's very, very funny. My girl, I know she's the best. <laughs> so early on in the episode, we're reminded of the storyline we're in right now, where Tom and Anne are dating. Or- <laughs> Again, I shiver. You but shiver. go ahead. Go ahead. You know, early days still of it. They're still figuring it out. I think she's still dubious. Is this a path she wants to go down? And uh, Tom at one point rattles off a bunch of potential nicknames <laughs> he's working on for her. Uh, Boo Boo Bear, Cookie Tush, Winnie the Boo, Lady Presh Presh, Annberry Sauce, <laughs> Annie Get Your Boo, Tommy's Girl, Annie Banani. Annie Banani. This is something we've done with Tom that, and Aziz is so good at, is these long runs, these other th- these things that he calls th- the thoughts in his head. And there's that great one where he's talking about all the different names he calls normal things. Like he has chicky, chicky, parm, parm, right? <laughs> he calls noodles long ass rice. And I think he calls forks food rakes. <laughs> and those are the fun runs to pitch on because it's a great 
comedy game. Yeah. And it's like, pitch on 20 of them. And do you know what? Maybe all 20 will make it into the episode. Yeah. And it's also, they're not just obviously great bits, but the way he does them. Yeah. His voice, then he changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I, I can't do it. it, it it's Aziz's gift, um, yes. how he can play with those. Uh, and so I also, since we're talking about them, one of my favorite lines when the episode kind of begins, they've had this one date. Mm. But Anne's very like, eh, it was the one day. And he comes in like they are now the hot couple of the year. Yes. And then at one point, Tom says to Anne, I feel like you're embarrassed by me and not skipping a beat. Anne, that is accurate. That is I accurate. I mean, that is yeah. perfect. Yeah. And yet there's still something about him that she, because she could have nipped it all in the bud right there. Like, no, 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 you're right. I, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah, that was a mistake. But damn, he is, he goes at it. He yeah. goes at it hardcore. And that's what I love about Tom. And, you know, not for nothing, this storyline, I think, also provides Rashida and Anne with some great new comedy to play. We've not really seen this version of her in a relationship. She's um, with Chris. She was constantly, she was pining for him. She fell for him. And then she wanted to be back with him. And there's that moment early on in the season they're filming the PSA and he's going on and on. Oh, and she's like, and I, and he's like I, can't, I don't know what I, I saw in him. Or like, she's dubious. Like, why did I ever... This, but generally, she's pining. She want, and in this case, she's the one who's been sought after, and she has yeah. all, all, so much of the power. And it's funny to see her play that. And, and she has a history of conforming mm-hmm. to the men she's with. Sure, I yeah. mean, we've learned that, and she we talk about that. She yeah. wants to get out of that thing. Yeah. So now she has a guy who she absolutely doesn't want to conform to. Right, just the opposite. Right, like he's he's just cringing her on her every nerve. But something. And let's face it, as, as crazy as Tom is, he's incredibly lovable. Oh, yeah. He just is. And you know a lot of it is bravado and bullshit, but you know he's got a good, he's a got, he's a sweet guy. Yeah. And she was looking to see through it. Yep, yep, yep. I love that. Okay, well, Ben Wyatt gets very nervous around police officers. Shitting his pants kind of nervous. It's so hardcore. I mean, I get nervous. <laughs> But he gets, like, he nervous. He can't speak. And, and, and also, it only works because of the way Adam plays it. It's right. brilliant. Right. It's the fear, the but trying to rise above it. And the more he tries to rise above it, he says more terrible things. And and, right. and I just... And that's why there's this, there's a great moment. First of all, he has a line in the episode to kind of set the stage for his awkwardness, is where he says, I'm not afraid of cops. I have no reason to be. I never break any laws ever. Because I am deathly afraid of cops. <laughs> but then, you know, when he's in Hugh Trumpel's office and they're talking and it's time to leave. He's never good with the police officers at ending the conversations, right? He's always trying to throw something in. And here he's, he has that thing where he just, he's like, I, he can't help but say it. He knows it's coming, right? He can't stop himself. He even says at one point, oh boy. Here, he, he's here talking about how the police are the heroes. And oh boy, here it comes. 9-11? It's so stupid and great. You know? It's perfect. Because all he had to do was say, thank you. We'll see you tonight at your retirement party. That's all that had to be said. But he can't. He is so worked up around the police that his body just, and out comes 9-11. Right. And which is why it's a great thing that Dave has returned because here it is. It's an ex-boyfriend, yeah. already an awkward situation, who happens to be a police officer. <laughs> really two worst nightmares 
yeah. for uh, for a Ben Wyatt in this situation. And I will say this: physically, uh, Leslie does not have a type. That's because they point. are very very different. Because I find in life, a lot of times, you'll you, you, your friends and family, you tend to go, oh. Yeah, this person right. likes this type. Just right. that's like, human I've learned nature. The phrase from watching many seasons of the UK Love Island that people have a type oh. on paper. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, that's my type on paper. I don't know what paper they're talking about. I don't know if right. they're, write, they're writing up the requests. But it's like these are my these are the looks. These are the physical attributes I'm yeah. normally interested in. No, uh, Leslie goes. I mean, Joe Biden to Dave Sanderson yes. to Thank Ben Wyatt. That. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you remember what Andy says about his song? He says, it's kind of like We Are the World, except I actually think it could have a real impact on a society. society. Yes. <laughs> and he's so earnest when he says it. He means it. He truly means it. That dumbass, that lovable dumbass. Oh. Um, and there's this great moment with Aubrey, with April, um, where she says, Jerry, if you're eating, you're not listening. And throws throws the food, food that I'm about away. to eat. Yeah, yeah, that's hurtful. It's so funny because I I can imagine doing both, but not in April's world. No, no not no, no. here. It's her husband's. We got big something day. to tell you. This yeah. is big. This is big. And she's. They're telling us because not only are we going to be doing it, we're going to head to a studio that we notice. Swan. Ron Swanson. That's right. Knows of this thing. studio, and you can tell there's a little anxiety. That's right. Beginning because, as we find out later, he's very familiar with right. the studio. Right. He talks about the fact that someone happens to be, he's aware of the studio's name, and later he'll <laughs> go to April, who will know about his alter ego, Duke Silver. Mm -hmm. We don't often see Ron Swanson nervous. Nope. We can get Ron's get very nervous when he you guys show up at the studio. It's great. Let's jump right back into our synopsis. Dear Sir Jim, the Parks Department and Mouse Rat prepare to record Leslie's campaign song in the studio. And was, we were just talking about Ron, who records at this very same studio as Duke Silver, recruits April to help him destroy any evidence in the studio that might compromise his secret identity. Tom admits to a very annoyed Anne that he did, in fact, tell the office about their date, but she asked him not to. And meanwhile, at their dinner, Dave admits that he is still in love with Leslie. It's a big reveal. This might be the one of the more stupid things to bring up right away after a great synopsis bit. The shirt that Andy is wearing in this episode, I owned that shirt as well at the same time. What is the shirt? I don't know what the it's shirt is. It's just a plaid button down. Oh, okay. And I wore a lot, I, like a lot of guys in their 20s, in the 2000s maybe, I wore a lot of plaid button downs. <laughs> and uh, he's worn it a few times on the show. I started like, I think maybe subconsciously I started wearing it more because Andy, was, Andy did was wearing it. <laughs> I never looked like Chris Pratt wearing it. Mm -hmm. um, then my shirt got a hole in it. I stopped wearing it. And I got to tell you guys, that's the end of this. That's the end of perhaps the stupidest story that will ever be told on this show. But that's why we have editors. Or let's keep it in. This is the... Yeah, this actually, is, that minutiae is good for the show. This is the, the meat show. and potatoes. Yeah, this is the meat okay. and potatoes. Uh, well, I'll jump in and say, Please, since you began save, by doing this, the synopsis about Duke Silver. So we begin, we know there's really going to be trouble because from the minute they all walk in the hallway, it turns out on the wall in the hallway is a picture of Duke Silver. And it is obviously for anyone with eyeballs at all. It's obviously him. It is yeah. Ron Swanson. Yeah. Uh, so... 
April jumps in and they immediately start the plan that she is going to have his ass. She's going to cover his right, ass right. for whatever happens here, which was brilliant. No, you're, you're, you're right. And it's so great because there's going to be this great moment later on where, again, Duke Silver, Ron Swanson's uh, face is right in front of all of them. And none of them noticed <laughs> no, it. No clue. But just before, Ron is so nervous. Anyway, we'll get to that. Yes. We jump the gun here. It's so I good. bounce. You know I bounce. I know you bounce. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. I mean, it's really lovely that April has held this secret yes. about Ron all this From time. Andy, too. She has yeah, not told Andy. Yeah, this yeah, is, This is their secret. And April has not utilized this for some sinister purpose. Like, she hasn't tried to get out of work. She hasn't tried to, like, I'm going to do my job, but I'm never going to, I'm not even going to show up to work. You're going to pay me, and I'm going to keep your secret as right. Duke Silver. You could see a storyline like that happening. Maybe, sure. But it's nice. She's I never think done that. April has a very strict set of rules in her head about what is right and what is wrong. Mm. And she has, a, she certainly has a bond with right. Ron. I mean, from the very beginning. And uh, she's got his back at all cost. Um, in our notes, uh, producer Sean has this great, great thought experiment here uh, that if Jerry had a secret jazz identity, <laughs> you know that April would have a field day with that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the word would be out real fast. Like a split second after finding it out, everybody would have been told about it. There would be memes. There would be, yeah, she would be mocking the yeah. hell out of him. Yeah, no, but not for Ron. Not for Ron. And speaking of Jerry, God, and I could all day long. I just love the dude. Um, Jerry ends up causing a little trouble with... Uh, with Tom and Ann, right? Tom and Ann, because he looks at them like, oh, that's so cute because they drink out of the same water or something. And that's when Ann realizes yeah, that yeah. son of a bitch has already told everybody, even though yeah. he promised he would tell nobody. And the line is, she said, did you tell it? He's like, yeah, like he was texting. During it. During it. Yeah. He was texting that they were together. And he goes, hey, you are too hot to hand. You are too hot to hide, Ann. This is on you. This is on that's you. That's a great line. Yeah, it's true. It's hey, this great. ain't on me. Okay, in the Leslie, Ben, Dave story, we have this little, one little line on the synopsis we just read that meanwhile at their dinner, Dave admits that he is still in love with Leslie. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yeah, and I, I, I really like how it flummoxes Leslie and you, I think a story could have been built around the fact that she holds the secret. She doesn't know what she's going to do about it. And I think in the classic, you could have done a story where in classic Leslie fashion, she cares about a lot of people. She does still care about Dave, not in that way. And she doesn't want to maybe make him feel awkward. She holds on to it. And then you can imagine an act break later on where Ben finds out and wonders, did you not tell me because you still hold feelings? And that would have been a great story. Mm -hmm. But the choice here, I think, to have her very quickly tell Ben, have Ben in on it, and that's because that isn't the ultimate point of the storyline, right? It's not built around this. It's it's allowing Dave to be this bumbling fool, but they're trying to get a police endorsement. And that is what Ben is constantly trying to do the whole time. I love that they went right to her telling him. I like, right. You're right. You could have gone either way and they could have come up with a story of how she was trying to keep it from him. But it's like how the relationship on the show. We didn't do the five seasons of will they or won't they. We didn't right, do any. Right. And I love that. It, certain shows make me crazy. Even shows that I'm super fan of uh, make me crazy with the will they, won't they, all that kind of stuff. And this was great. Okay. Right. He said he's in love with me. Right. And this is not an we episode. Go. We're very quickly going to tell you. This is not an episode where Ben and Leslie might break up. No, right? no, no. Because this Dave is, is back. Like that. 
very quickly, she kind of poo-poos it by letting her boyfriend in on the fact, yeah. this guy said this to me. I'm not going to keep it from you. What are we going to do about and it? And letting Dave know, I love this guy. Yeah. This is my boyfriend now. Yeah, it's really I love great. This guy. It's, it's perfect. It's how people are. Right. I would hope it's how people are. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Though you could see, because he's so afraid of cops. Yeah, I mean, there is, I guess you could say Leslie could be thinking, oh God, when he hears this, but right. he's not going to know how to react to this because he's a cop. And <laughs> but then you get great comedy, like when, you know, when Ben's talking about the fact that he has a, right, he has a gun and he is a- Yes, yeah. he's, got, he's the cop with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's keep talking about this episode. Let's, shall we? At the recording studio, Andy is unsatisfied with the group's vocal performances and asks them to perform individually. Chris is deeply concerned to learn about Tom and Anne's date. Tom continues to pester Anne about their relationship. And at the dinner, Leslie reveals to Ben that Dave is still in love with her, as we were just talking about, which terrifies him because he has a gun, which we talked about. And he's a cop. And he's a cop. Dave and a frightened Ben have a private talk about Leslie in the men's room that ends with Dave handcuffing Ben to the urinal. Okay, from the very top, go back to the, yeah, the Andy. Bring us to back to the studio. Back to Andy, back to the studio. So, again, the studio was so much fun. Uh, just as an actor, to get to be there was just so much fun. And we did do a whole bunch of takes of singing that song. Um, but one of my favorite moments is when Andy goes off on us because none of us are good enough. Yeah. And he's having his own panic. It's really not about what we're doing. He's afraid he doesn't do this thing. So he does this big it's awful. You go and think about what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And then April just screams, he is a genius, people. He is a gorgeous genius, people. Don't question his methods. She has his back. She knows he's just Undeniably, gone yes. crazy and said some crazy stuff. Um, but that that whole experience, and just to reiterate again what I was saying earlier, that's the perfect example of a great Cass Parks day. You know, it, the only thing missing, of course, was uh, well, Leslie yeah. and, and you know, Amy and uh, Adam. Yeah. Because when we're all together in a room like that, like I always say about the conference room scenes, put me in a conference room with those people any day. Because, yes, we'll get great scenes out of it, but we're also, as people, going to have a great time. Right. And we're going to tell a million stories, and they're going to be crazy and silly and funny, and that's what that day was. And our boy, Rob... Rob Lowe, first of all, he's a great storyteller. So I can be stuck in a room with him all day when it comes to, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been around forever. Yeah, he's yeah, met everybody. Uh, yeah. he's, he's done everything. Um, but then the poor guy has to perform because Andy wants us each to perform. And he performs the worst rendition that has ever been done. Yeah. He doesn't even know the words. It's funny because I, I think it's set up that you're going to hear everybody sing. But you only hear Rob sing and you hear Chris, and it goes on for a shocking amount of time. <laughs> yes, a shocking amount of time. You're right. It's a long clip. Like it's a lot of real estate in an episode. Yeah. To devote just to this one joke, which is Chris terribly singing. I don't remember. I'm trying to find it. I don't think if if you guys did other do you know? Do you remember if you guys took other takes of all of you doing it? Or was it just we did not do individual takes of us singing. No. no. So this must have been the plan. Got it. So yeah, he's singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. He does not know the words. No. He's he very quickly doesn't know the um the tune. <laughs> right? Or just can't do a tune. And then he, I don't or, know. or just can't do a tune. And then he forgets the words, but he's singing it with confidence that these are the words, that's Chris Traeger for you. Yeah, that is Chris Traeger. Right? Even in incredible failure. Incredible confidence. Incredible confidence. At all times. Absolutely. And yeah, we talked, I mean, 
Andy in this full auteur mode in the recording studio. We don't see this from him too often. No. Right? Um, and I think poor Andy, he had the pressure. Like, this, he was so sure this could be his thing for for Leslie. Like, he's going to give her the greatest campaign song that's ever happened, and it's it's just not coming together. Right. He talks about that, that this uh, he wanted to be perfect. He doesn't want to let Leslie down. Nobody ever wants to let Leslie down. Right, right. So uh, this is the segment of the episode in which we get that great line from Ben where he says he's in love with you and he has a gun. <laughs> that thought, you see Adam play it so well that you see the thought register. It's like, he's and he has a gun. It's this complicator <laughs> yeah. for him. Adam's portrayal of Ben around cops, there's so many little, if you, because, you know, I prepping for these apps, I, I watched it a number of times. His little movements, his it, he's never not in that moment right. of being afraid. Right. It, you know, he never loses that actor moment. He is constantly, he's his eyes are darting right. everywhere. The, he literally, yeah. his, he physically jumps. Like There's a moment early on, around five and a half minutes into the episode, Leslie's doing a talking head outside and you see Adam and you see Ben in the car behind her in the passenger seat. And a cop like barely walks by their car. Like, yards away and he jumps exactly. he's in the car by himself the doors are closed and i never noticed that until rewatching it yeah, in today's episode it's fun to watch that kind yeah, of stuff yeah yeah um okay so another bit that just I, I kept going back to rewatch because it was so funny is when uh they're at the table and it's it's uh, Leslie Ben and Dave and they need to everyone kind of wants to have their own separate conversations with everybody about who's going to what's going to happen and I would say it was a full minute. Yeah, feels like it. Yeah. Of the three of them going back and forth about, well, if I talk to him, it was so funny. Who's going to talk to who, when, and where? Yeah. And this went on for a solid minute, and everyone nailed it. It's like an Abbott and Costello routine. And I could exactly. have watched it's that. A who's for, on first? Yeah. I could have watched that for like two or three more minutes. It was so I, fun. I kept going back. I <laughs> yeah. did watch it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, super good. fun moment. Yeah. Super yeah. Fun moment. Yeah. And again, it, does it push the story forward? No. no. It doesn't matter. It's funny. And it's in line with these characters. In fact, thinking, just having you say that makes me think about the fact that this A story, this Leslie story, it's quite simple and it doesn't have a lot of twists and turns. Like Dave shows up very quickly. That is a big twist. And then he's quickly at dinner with them. And very quickly where the story is built around the three of them at dinner. And it's just awkward. You know, Dave leaves at one point. And then he comes back because it was rainy. He didn't want to get wet. And then he keeps wanting to have time with Leslie alone. And that's kind of the story of it. And and, and I find Dave to be awkward. Sure. Gen- like, yeah. I, I would have a tough time having a normal conversation with a Dave. Yeah. Because he has trouble p- putting his words together. Right, right. And so it's all awkward right. and uncomfortable, which is exactly what was supposed to happen. And that's the whole basis of this storyline. It doesn't yeah. have a bunch of turns. It's built around this big moment we're going to talk about soon where, you know, Dave comes to terms with the fact that Leslie's going to be with Ben and maybe Ben's the right guy for her and helps get the, all the stuff. It's just a little, but it's, it's in this way, it's kind of fun to see these three people, these characters together. Yeah. I loved it. Let's progress with our story then. In our synopsis, Dave tells Leslie that Ben ran away, but Ben calls her cell phone and she quickly discovers Ben is in the bathroom. And uh, confronts Dave. And now, meanwhile, in the recording studio, Andy admits that he wants to make the perfect campaign song because he doesn't want to let Leslie down. It's that great scene with Ron where he says, I just don't want to let Leslie down. It's nice to hear him say that, right? Like, it's it's Andy. It's this clown. It's this 
golden retriever clown character who, and you don't hear about it too often from him, but Leslie has made a mark on him, on his life. He is where he is in his life. He has, he has April. He has his job because of Leslie. And he is so, I feel indebted to her. And she is that person you just love because of how wonderful she is and how she gets things done and takes care of everybody. But that leads to a moment where Ron Swanson is terrified that people right. are going to find out that he's Duke Silver. Right. And so while Andy is delivering his, um, you know, he comes back because he's he's been all worked up and now he's he's holding a mug and it's a Ron, it's a Duke Silver mug. Right. And he's, and I wrote this down. He goes, yes, I got some hot tea with honey. It's good for the voice. I recommend you all try it. And then, of course, he goes, but mine's just a cup of honey because tea is gross and he sticks his hand in there yeah and it's, it's just a, honey it's just honey <laughs> yeah and then april right catches the fact that that is a duke silver mug. and it's almost like he's comically holding it so that everyone can see it's duke that right it's, yes yeah yes. Oh, totally comically hold, right. even though he doesn't yes. know it even though no one sees it he, it's so <laughs> funny that it's like it's duke and it's all of you can see that. Yes. So what does but April do? It. I see mugs all day long. I don't pay attention. No, but then, of course, April jumps in, slams the yes, mug yes. to the ground, and it smashes. It's great. Yeah. It's a rock and roll moment. It's a rock and roll moment. Do you remember this moment in the uh, storyline with Ben when they're in the bathroom, and uh, he's been handcuffed to the urinal, and he's there, and he says, I do it. I have to pee really bad, ironically. Ironically, yes. <laughs> it's a really funny thought to play out that, like, for a while, his character had to pee and maybe yeah. couldn't by the way he was. Yeah, it happens <laughs> at the end of the episode, too. He's trying yeah. to get into the urinal, uh, into the bathroom, and right, right. one cop after another, right. and, of course, he's terrified. So, no, 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 you go. You yeah. go, you go. Yeah. What he's willing to withhold because, <laughs> because of his uh, nervousness. His, his fear of the cops. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that is the perfect example of as much as Ben's fear of the police are, is absolutely unfounded. Well, now he's with a cop who's handcuffing him in oh, yeah. a bathroom right. that go that, that feeds. Right. A police it officer has his, handcuffed him. Has handcuffed him. Right. His biggest fear is now happening. Yeah. That's a really great point. Yeah. Like maybe he's right. Maybe he should have fear of cops. <laughs> I mean, they're yeah, not or, all dating Leslie. Right. But, don't date uh, yeah, the cop's ex. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 In our synopsis at the retirement party, Dave apologizes to Leslie in the studio. Ron secretly records a Duke silver saxophone solo for the campaign song. Andy loves it and feels that the song is finally complete. Ben secures the endorsement of Pawnee police chief, Hugh Trumple. And finally an exhausted Anne agrees to go on a second date with Tom. Okay. Uh, For me, let's get back. Cause you know, it all makes me crazy with Anne and Tom. So, there's the take where um, Anne is singing and Tom comes in and he stops it all because he's thinking he's about to have one huge romantic moment mm. and prove to her that he is the guy for her. Right. And it's just a quick moment and it's Rashida nailing it. And uh, he walks in, she sees what's happening and they do a, they do a beep and she just goes, Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It. and it's just exactly what she would think. Oh, for sake yeah he, this dumbass this is not how to win me over anyway I, it's one of my favorite moments of the whole episode yeah it was super sweet i mean super fast super quick but i love when we use the bleeps yeah, yeah we don't yeah. use them constantly but i do like a good place bleep 
I think it's good. Especially for characters who don't get them too often. Exactly. Yeah, that's a really funny moment also. Like she, it's like she is just, every second of her relationship with Tom reminded about who Tom is. But the offer fuck's sake also, it's, it plays both things. It's like, God, this guy, why'd you do this? But also, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, I guess I'm going to keep going on dates with you. There's something about you I'm willing to do it for. And it, it, so I think it, it's a very smart line in that in it's that a sense. great line. Right? It does a, double duty there. Makes me laugh. I, that was another one I kept hitting the 10 second back button. Okay. Well, you, you made a great point about. Uh, oh, I'm sure I did. Go ahead. Which one? Well, you made the one uh, <laughs> about the cops who are screwing with Ben at the retirement party. They're just poking at him. They're saying if he ha- should have a beer, but he shouldn't drive. I just love it that that game continues and they're in on it. They know what they're doing. They know he's terrified right, of them. Right, He cannot have a conversation with them. And yes, he's going to have a beer. Great. Oh, really? You shouldn't drink a drive. He, he never knows the right answer. Yeah. He never knows. Yeah. And there's nothing, I, I mean, as you can tell anyone who's listening, I love busting balls and I love, so that is right up my Yeah, alley. yeah. This is and a, yeah. I would play with someone like that 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. This is the yeah. kind of bit you would do This is a, this is That's a Jim O'Hare bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not a Jerry bit. But definitely a Jim O'Hare. Definitely Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know what's also great? I love is this callback to the bowling alley. That moment yeah, where the punch. Ben, yeah, yeah, where you know, we use it. It's not just this one off little simple moment, but in this case, it helps earn um Dave's respect of Ben. Yeah, because Leslie explains to Dave, he does have my back. He punched a guy. He punched a guy at a bowling alley. For my honor. For my honor. And yeah. that really impressed Dave. Yeah. And I think I think that was when Dave got it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because I think he does yeah. truly love her and he does yes. want the best for her. Of course he wanted her for himself. That's all human nature. We get all that. But he he does want the best for her and he's realized it ain't going to be me and this guy's okay. This yeah. guy's okay. I think about that sometimes on shows or even like rea- the reality dating shows <laughs> I'm obsessed with where, you know, someone wants to be with someone who's happy in another relationship and this, they want that relationship to break up. They're poo-pooing it, whatever it is. And I'm like, well, if you like that person, if you're interested in that person, if you have feelings for that person, even though you do selfishly, shouldn't you selflessly at the same time want them to be happy? Happy, yeah. Right? And why does your happiness hinge on bringing some unhappiness to them first and breaking them up and that relationship ending? And, and, and in this case, it's Dave who loves Leslie. The entire episode is built around him saying constantly, I love you. I want to be with you. I want to get Ben away from you and let come run away with me in in a sense. And here he learns. Oh yeah, I guess Leslie, this person I love is with someone who really cares about her. Really cares about her. That that brings solace. That that, that brings comfort. Because I think, you know, we're humans and we, you know, especially if we have feelings for somebody, you think, well, they can just go with me. I will be able to convince them that I am what they need. I am the perfect person for them. Uh, he, Dave gets it. And I also love when she, Leslie says to him, well, here's the situation. If, cause Dave is potentially going to be moving back to Pawnee because he might be taking over for Trumbull mm-hmm. and, uh, Trumbull. And he says, and she basically says, I won't be able to talk to you if you can't basically move past this. Right. And he does. Yeah. Of course, we never know if he got the job. We never see him again. Right, so I right, don't know right, if. Right. Spoiler, we never see him spoiler, again. Spoiler, we never see him again. But uh, do we ever hear from a police chief again? I no, not really. So he no, could have got right. the job. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. just keep their distance. Yeah, good point. 
Oh, <laughs> if I, I said make, it, uh, it was a good a point. Good, Let's face if it. If I said it, it's a good point. <laughs> oh, I think he's mocking me here. We'll, we'll get through this together. Leslie puts it very well in this episode, and it's kind of the feeling we're all having here talking about it, that she says, um, now, if you excuse me, I'm going to endorse 10 beers in my mouth because it has <laughs> yes. been an incredibly stressful evening. Yeah, it has God been bless. a stressful evening. Oh. But she made it through it with getting the police chief's endorsement and yeah. skirting a potential fight between her ex and her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Leslie likes her cocktails. Leslie's yeah. not, oh, yeah. Leslie's not afraid her. to have a little uh, yeah, to let loose. let loose. Sure. Yeah. I do want to mention Dave had a great, great line. It was a talking head uh, when he says, I still have feelings for Leslie. Well, in a womanly fashion. And I feel she feels the same about me in a, yeah. Manly fashion. He's very specific. Like there would be any other way to look at this. Well, this is also a way that a lot of the cops have been written on parks purposely, which they're very like, you know, when they did a talking head once in season three, you know, they're very much like it was a, a male attacked. A, they're very like, they're giving a police report, you know, succinct. Succinct. Yeah. Uh, well, we're, I feel like we're jumping right into the crap we didn't talk about, Jim. Oh, Jim's wow. Crap. Well, there's always that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, one of my favorite moments was a, a conversation between Tom and Ann. He goes, Ann, I caught feelings for you, and I want you to be my girl, and I don't care who knows. And he goes, I know you don't care, dummy. I care. And he goes, <laughs> well, let's not get hung up on who wants what. That, imagine you've just yeah, been told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do care what people think. And you're like, no, no, you see, you don't care. Because he's got one goal in mind, and that's to get Ann. And I don't want him to win that. No, no. Yes. Uh, I also loved, um, and again, these just little moments with Aziz. Just hit the way, he, you know, when he goes, now I got the sniffies. Yeah. Look at, and I know these are, but yeah. people who watch the show will know what I'm talking about. Those little moments, you know, casting is so important on a show. And I just can't imagine anyone else playing Tom. At That's least a sign th of good casting. I think it's a sign of great casting. And I good really writing do. for the for that actor. And good writing. But an actor who then can take those lines. Right. It's and the alchemy of all those things. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so those are some of the crap. And there's all, oh, I loved when um, Ben calls it the Wizingham Manor, name for the bathroom. Oh, sure. Cause we because we talked about the, the Wiz Palace. The Wiz Palace, yep. which, you know, and I, and I actually, you know, just as a fan of these characters, when, when Dave brought it up that Leslie uses the term Wiz Palace, mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, that's too familiar. But that is where we learned that she used, yeah, you know, yeah. but like I, I felt bad for Ben. Like, oh, they have this they secret have this little thing, thing, this little relationship thing. Sure, sure. Because we've all had every relationship has its own little fun things. Right. Relationships, little, uh, cre a, a new language is born with each relationship. I, I right? think so. Yes, 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 yes. So that's some of the crap that I oh. forgot to get to. Oh, look at your crap. It's good crap. It's a little crap today. <laughs> a little, well, I mean, I could go on, you know, but, but I won't. Yes. <laughs> Do you have an episode MVP, sir? This is, okay. as we know, it's a character moment in this episode yeah. that sticks out. What is yours? Okay, I'm going to go. For, first of all, it, you know, it's so weird when we say about this MVP. Almost always, in some way, Leslie is the MVP because she has so much going on. It's the A story. And, of course, so many, many times. So, Always, always Leslie is, is near the front center. Sure. But you know who I loved? I, I loved uh, Rashida Ann on this Yes, one. yes, I really, that's a great for, point. For me, I loved her moments with Tom and trying to be like a dummy no and and yet falling for his shtick, even though she knows it's shtick. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it to mm. uh, Ann Perkins. Oh. How about you? Well, I, I, I love that. But uh, just for a little difference, yeah. I also will give it to Ben. 
because Ben's awkwardness around the cops. Sure. Um, oh, brilliant. brilliant. And, and it brings life and this great um, comedy thing you can keep uh, this comedy mind in a way that you keep, you, you know, keep drilling into with uh, when it's Leslie and Dave together, which could have just been a story with Dave's awkwardness and mm-hmm. Leslie's in a relationship. Well, anytime you need to, you can pull from the Ben is awkward around cops bag and throw that in. And he delivers it each and every, every time. time he killed me. Every, he is a valid MVP. And that joke is mined throughout the episode, all the way up to the tag. When he keeps letting the cops in the bathroom, it just <laughs> does not end. It does not. It end. doesn't end. I, 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 yeah, I'm on totally on board with that. Well, let's hear um, from the town folk and a town hall, sir. I would think that would be fun. That would be lovely. Yes. And um, today's comes from Mark from Seattle. Ah, Mark. Who asks, if you could bring one character from another sitcom into the Parks universe for one episode... Who would it be? Wow. Oh, that's a fun one. That is a that's fun That's a fun one. one. Oh boy. Oh a lot boy. of a lot of great classic TV characters oh, have been born yeah. out of sitcoms. My brain immediately goes to some of my favorite shows. So I'm thinking of Seinfeld cast uh, just because. Yes. Like, like Costanza. Oh, George would, like, be, would so, George yeah. be crazy. Like George with Leslie. Oh, in a relationship? No, 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 no. I mean, just even having oh, to interact those two energies with each together. other. Oh, energies sure, together sure. would be crazy. You could also picture like Kramer at a town. Oh my God, Kramer, of course, Kramer at a town hall. That's that'd be yes. funny. Yeah, yes, and that would fit in perfectly. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would totally go with the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? Um, I'm a very big Golden Girls fan. As am I. Um, I love them all. Wonderful. Before I realized I was lactose intolerant. <laughs> I would eat, eat a lot of cheesecake watching Golden oh, Girls. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd like to throw Sophia Petrillo in. Oh. I'd like to bring Sophia into <laughs> Pawnee, and I'd like her to hang out on the fourth floor of the city hall with Ethel Beavers. That's the combo. Isn't that so you funny win. to picture? That's the combo. Sophia and Ethel together, and then I maybe a it. spinoff with the two of them. I love it. Living at Shady Pines together. <laughs> But I will say this, I too am a huge, huge Golden Girls fan to the point where I get pissed in July when Hallmark does uh, Christmas in July uh, because they cut off a lot of the yes, Golden Girls do. episodes yes. and it pisses me off. And as someone who uh, I just recently did a, a Hallmark film and I actually spoke to the executives about that. No, you didn't. Yes, they, did. <laughs> they took me out to dinner one night and I'm like, okay, we got to get something on the table right now. What the right hell are you now. doing here? What is going on? Yeah. And they said... If you think about it, and they did correct me. They said, sir, put that knife down. Yeah, put the knife down. This isn't such a big deal. But they said um, before, it was literally around the clock, these movies. Now they are bringing the Golden Girls back mm. just for the late evening. So there is still some oh, Golden so Girls. Little... And I didn't ask, but I think they got blowback is why they did that. Because the diehard fans are the diehard fans. It's an amazing show. I mean, Allison Jones, who guests on our show, uh, you know, did casting for Golden Girls. I mean... 
It's an amazing, amazing program. It still holds up. It gets to the point where I recently was doing a clean out of our garage at home and I have, we have, my wife and I have all these DVDs and I realized I had barely even watched DVDs anymore and how do I want to save these? Do we want to donate them? Whatever. And we're still debating what to do. <laughs> but I've said, no matter what happens, we're keeping the Golden Girls box set. Yes, good move. Because just so you know, the ones are very edited uh, oh, for commercials. Yeah. Yes. So there the if you keep if you watch the real the the box set, you're getting the real full episode. Right, right, and you're right. missing some great bits. Yeah. Well, Mark from Seattle, thank you. Thank you, you Mark. That was super fun. I love that idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jim, another episode of Parks and Rec in the Parks and Recollection wow. bag. Wow. Wow, sir. Wow. And again, I think I nailed it and I think you showed up. Um, but that's par usual. Okay. We can all agree. Well, dear listener, what do you think? <laughs> how good am I and how bad is Jim? Ooh. Thank you for listening and text this episode to your group chat. Give us five star reviews wherever you're listening. We, of course, always want to thank Sean and Joe. Sean and Joe. Can't do it without best. you. They're they are the best teammates you could ever have. Jim, you're fine. I'll take that. I'm actually comforted by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fine is good. Yeah. So from all of us here at Parks and Recollection, goodbye from Pony. Bye. This has been a Team Coco production. <laughs>